Welcome to the Roaring Twenties Podcast. I am your host, Peter Torres. Hope everyone's having a fantastic Tuesday. Um, yeah, a Tuesday episode. How about that? I'm trying to get back into the groove of Tuesdays and Fridays. That's uh, a lot. I know work. It's always killing me, man. I'm trying. I'm trying to stay on top of this. I love. I love putting out content. So, um, hopefully, you know, I'm. I have some ideas lined up. I have some guests. I know I need to get lined up. So. It's all about brainstorming when it comes to this stuff. I there's always different things going on, whether it's current events, whether it's you know topics I want to talk about, things like that. So, kind of got a bit of a smorgasbord of an episode today. Um, I threw a poll, or not a poll, like a question thing of like you know topics and things I want to talk about. So I'm not going to cover all everything that was submitted, but uh, some of the more popular items that we'll talk about. So um, get into some sports. Uh, we'll get into some serious stuff. I got a pretty serious question that I figured I would address. Um, but yeah, I'm uh, excited. Nothing like a nice little Tuesday episode. I'm enjoying uh, sitting in my bed right now, uh, chilling out, maxing, relaxing, all cool. Um, so yeah, let's uh, get into the episode. And if you're listening, I appreciate it. Had a great episode with Nick last Friday. Um, really good New York City Life Talk. If you missed that episode, go check it out. It's really good insight if like, you know, we had a good conversation talking about New York City and all that good stuff. So if you're new, this is your first episode listening. I appreciate you and hopefully you keep on listening to this. All right. Hit it. Hope everyone's having a fantastic Tuesday again. Fourth of July is coming up this upcoming Sunday. Going to have a little Fourth of July themed episode. Talk about some items about that on Friday. So don't go check it out. Go listen to it when you're driving to wherever you're going for the fourth for the Fourth of July. So uh, yeah, so let's get into it. So just uh, so yeah, this past weekend I went to Bordy Barn. Um, for those who don't know, it's basically a ginormous tented barn as they call it where it's just like it's just a beer fest and it's just nothing it's crazy and you know as I was there um obviously I was definitely not sober but you know sometimes you you take a second and you look around and you see you know so many amounts of people not wearing masks having a good time enjoying dancing laughing singing and sometimes you take a step back and you really appreciate those type of moments you know it's like you know, we, 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 we deserve it. And I keep saying, you know, this is roaring 20s are starting to hit. Um, you know, this summer should be fantastic. Go on those trips. Go and be spontaneous. Keep on doing those things that I keep saying. Um, you know, you take a step back and you look around and you just see people laughing and smiling. And, you know, things are becoming normal and things should be happy. Things should be luxurious. Things should you should be, you know, excited and you know, thrilled to be trying to do things, not trying to be in quarantine. You should want to go and do different things and be, you know, adventurous. And that's a part of being in your 20s. So, um, 
Yeah, I, I went to Bordy Barn this weekend. It was really fun. It was a tough train back. I had to train back from uh, the Hamptons. Uh, I think I went from the Hamptons back to where I was in Nassau County and then had to train in. It was pretty brutal, but um, stayed through it, stayed strong. Um, got a nice Gatorade. Those Gatorades with like the little nip, like the nipple thing at the top. Had one of those this morning and absolutely woke me up. Got me, got myself ready for the day. Um, so yeah, I just, I just wanted to, just to talk about, you know, whenever you go out and I know everyone should be going out, everyone, I mean, like I'm not forcing you to go out, but part of the fact of staying inside for a whole year should make you want to go out and doing that, you know, it feels great. It just feels great to be back. So, um, just, just a little reminder, I guess, to say, you know, appreciate your friends, appreciate your time being when you're with you know, when you're, you're out with people that, you know, you call your friends and, you know, savor the moment, enjoy the moment. Don't take anything for granted when it comes to this stuff, because we don't know what's going to happen if there's another, you know, COVID outbreak or another pandemic, God forbid. So um, I think you just, just enjoy, enjoy the times that you are for when you're going out. So, um, yep. So, yeah, Bordy Born was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Um, I haven't been there over two years since 2019. So it's uh it just feels really good to uh, be back and going out and things are back in full swing. So anyways, um, moving on, there was a, I noticed today, uh, well, technically not today, Monday, uh, a lot of people were posting a Venmo screenshot. Um, I am not one of those people that often really post these type of items where free giveaways and things like that. I'm not I'm not a huge fan of those because I feel, I mean, like, honestly, I've never met someone that has won something like that, a popular item. Um, a lot of my friends posted it. I give them respect. They're, you know, everyone wants a little $500 in their wallet. Can't hurt at all. Um, I just figured, um, being that the accountant, the annoying accountant that I am, I figured I would crunch some numbers and give it a look. So Venmo had a promotion. So for people that signed up, I think it was like, like the post, comment the post or comment your Venmo and then, uh, share it to your story, something like that. Um, it said, uh, they're, they're planning on giving out a hundred thousand dollars, hundred thousand dollars. Um, but it wasn't like a dollar a person. So they're going to, they're giving it in increments of $500. So that means 200 total people would receive Five hundred dollars. Uh, so that sounds enticing. It sounds, you know, all you need to do is have a Venmo. It's not hard to have a Venmo. If you don't have a Venmo, then you're definitely not living in your twenties right now because everyone has Venmo. Uh, I'm not a, I'm not a Cash App guy. I'm not a Cash App guy. I do have PayPal though. PayPal's pretty cool. Uh, it's a lot. It's very convenient for you know random things that are like, yeah, you could just pay through PayPal. So uh, I highly recommend that. Um, people are doing Zelle. I'm not really sure what really goes on with Zelle. I think it's more incorporated through banks and stuff like that. We're getting into some uh, money talk, but Venmo is so convenient. It's literally one of the best inventions of, you know, us being in our 20s. I remember when I was a freshman at college, we only we only were able to take cabs, and cabs only accepted cash. And at the time, Venmo didn't exist. So if you didn't have cash, you kind of got away with it and said, you know, hey, like, I'll just pay you back or whatever. Like, just pay for my cab. If you have a $10 bill, like, you'll cover me for the cab. 
So now that Venmo is a thing, no shot. Initially, like people would be like, "Oh, I'll just Venmo you." It'd be like almost inconvenient if you don't have Venmo. Um, I feel like people that don't have Venmo at this point are probably doing it on purpose, or the fact that maybe it got like deleted or it got like uh, hacked or something like that. Um, essentially, everyone should have Venmo or some sort of mobile paying device. Um, it's just like it's just that's how it, that's how it is. Like everything is being paid digitally these days. So I mean, I mean, I'm I can't lie. Like I don't have cash ever. Like I, I never have physical cash. It's either through card or through Venmo, things like that. So it's just a thousand times more convenient. So, anyways, Venmo giving out a promotion, five hundred dollars, two hundred total people would get it. So. With that being said, there was a total of 1.1 million people liking the post. So, assuming, assuming that 1.1 million people put this post on their story, and I'll maybe even sh- and shrivel it down to 1 million, so maybe 100,000 people are just idiots and just felt like liking the post and didn't do anything about it because they didn't want any money. Um... They said, you know, uh, let's do it. You know, let's uh, let's let's try and crunch, crunch the numbers a little bit. So uh, I checked it out, and it says basically 200 total people divided by 1.1 million people means that you have a 0.00018 chance of actually getting those $500. Now, I would absolutely love if I met someone or you know someone that i knew got five hundred dollars from reposting a picture of a v and just having a venmo um however that's not the case it's never been the case um i remember a lot of people with the bikini picture uh, i saw a lot of i saw a lot of people bringing that up back in i think 2016 when everyone was posting the bikini picture to have a chance for a free bikini or get a free bikini um yeah, I don't think anyone really got. I don't. I don't know anyone that got bikinis. Um, I mean, that's not my problem because I don't wear bikinis. But I do remember that being a big thing, and I I I, I do recall uh, like tweeting a few weeks later later saying like, "Hey, if anyone actually got those bikinis, let me know." No one did. No one that I know. No one that I know, at least. No one that's promoted it. So, um, uh, also that and the David Dobrik car repost. Um, I respect it. I mean, you're just throwing it on your story. If anything, you're helping them, the other people that are trying to promote things. You're trying to help spread their story, spread their popularity, I guess, through Instagram and through reposting things. It's worth a shot. I don't I don't blame you. We, you know, it's like uh, the lottery is like the same thing or gambling is like the same thing. So um, I just thought it was interesting. I figured I would just crunch the numbers, like the actual percentage chance. Because at first, at first it seemed like, oh, they're giving out a hundred thousand dollars. Oh, like if you know, you thought if you did it, you'd get a, a lock for. I would take ten dollars. I would take. I would take anything. Uh, I would take a dollar. I. I don't. I wouldn't mind getting money, but the fact that they're doing an increments of five hundred, I guess it makes more, less people probably less work for them to disperse that money. I get. I get it. Um, but yeah, I'm not I'm not a uh, repost that type of stuff. It's and it's not like I'm trying to flex it. Be like, oh, I'm a bigger person. Like, oh, you don't want to win five hundred dollars. I just I don't think those numbers are for me. And it's not. I I guess it's just not 
I would say it's just a waste of a post or something like that. But hey, if you want $500, you want to get a chance to get a free $500, say la vie. I don't care. Go do your thing. But um, yeah, I just found that pretty interesting. Things are, uh, people need money. People need money. People trying to keep getting those uh, unemployment checks. Got to keep racking them, the, keep racking those in. So, um, anyways, I uh, well, moving on. So, I put up a little question thing on my Instagram. Figured I would say, you know, what do you guys want me to talk about? It's been a while, so I haven't posted an episode in a while. I know I had the episode with Nick on Friday, so I got to get back into the, the uh, swing of things of this podcast. Um, you know, the overall goals is just spread the news of just being in your twenties. So I figured I would touch on some items and I appreciate the people that listen to this consistently. Um, so one of the, uh, I figured I got a, I got a bunch of questions about sports. So, um, I figured I would dive into that, um, personal experiences and then the professional teams that I root for. So if you're not a sports person, you could skip ahead for the more serious section that I'm going to talk about later. But, um, we can talk about the Islanders. God bless the Islanders. The uh, New York Islanders, they uh, just lost game seven on Friday to the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, devastating, but, you know, I'm not a huge hockey person. However, this hockey season has certainly grown and sparked my interest. I went to a lot of Islanders games as a kid growing up. Um, if you're from Long Island and you go to uh, the Nassau Coliseum, it's literally like back in the future. It feels like it's like 1990. Uh, I saw a lot of people. <laughs> if you've ever been in the stadium, the place is, I don't want to sound mean, but it is kind of a dump. It is very like outdated. The uh, the screen, the big projector screen at the top, it's like it lo- you look at it, it looks like it's from 1965. So um, it's pretty funny though. It's a nice little uh, time machine, but it's it's an incredible atmosphere. The fans are rowdy. Long Islanders are crazy, man. Everyone knows Everyone knows how rowdy they are. They call it the barn. Um, a lot of barn talk in this episode. But, yeah, I, uh, I appreciate the Islanders. They, uh, they're a gritty team. Uh, Barry Trotz is their coach. Man, like he, I, I, I cannot believe the Capitals just got rid of him after they win the Stanley Cup. Um, you would think after winning the Stanley Cup, you would re-sign your Stanley Cup winning coach. Um, however, Barry Trotz fell into the Islanders' laps. Thank God. They've been a different team ever since he was the coach. Um, Matt Barzell is absolutely electric. Um, you know, they had a good dynamic, I think, between, you know, Matt Martin, Sezikis, um, Clutterbuck, Nelson, Letty, um, Mayfield, Ryan Pollock with that incredible save in game four. Um, but this year, I mean, to be honest, I, I don't really follow the Islanders, you know, at game by game in the regular season, but the Islanders are, uh, you know, playoff hockey is different, especially in Nassau Coliseum. Um, thank God, thank God they're not playing. I think so part of the sadness that comes with the Islanders being eliminated is that the Nassau Coliseum is no more. And it's very sad for uh, a lot of Long Islanders who don't understand. Uh, I went to a lot of games as a kid. Um, a lot of good memories in Nassau Coliseum. The New York Dragons, too, if people remember those. The uh, indoor sports arena football team. Um, it was very convenient for Long Islanders. It's literally like dead middle of Long Island, right in Hempstead. A um, lot of 
people very accessible to go to um, on Long Island. And uh, it's really sad to see that it's going to go. However, it had to go. It was it was it was beat down. Um, I don't really know why they did. They switched the games, some of the games to the Barclays Center. Uh, the Barclays Center is not a hockey arena. Uh, I I uh, I did go one, go to one game one time in Barclays Center. I was like, this is trash. This is just not Islander. You know, it's in Brooklyn of all places. It's like doesn't have that island, like Long Island energy. Um, so yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad they're moving. I I think they're moving to somewhere in Floral Park. I think by uh, Belmont. Uh, that should be a good area. Belmont's a nice spot. I'm looking forward to seeing what type of stadium it's going to be like. I don't really under I've I've kind of grown up with Nassau Coliseum my whole life, so I've never really been. And it's honestly the only place I've watched NHL hockey physically. So I'm curious to see what a new stadium looks like for the Islanders. So I'm very excited. Um, I think ever since about 20, 20, well, ever since they hired Barry Trotz, like, I'm not going to lie. Like I give the guy a lot of credit. I think, I think the Islanders are now a, a very big talking point. They got a star in Matt Barzell. They play very defensive hockey. Um, but yeah, I, now I'm trying to be like spitting chiglets, like, uh, like as if I'm some big hockey analyst, but, um, the Islanders are, uh, the energy from Nassau Coliseum is unlike anything else. And hopefully that translates into the new stadium in Belmont. So hopefully, or I'm not a hundred percent sure, but hopefully that energy translates into the new stadium. I'm sure it will. Long Islanders are, you know, rowdy, they're loud, they're arrogant, but you know, that's just how it is here. So, um, yeah, I'm super excited, super excited for the Islanders and seeing like, um, you know, they had a great season. It's hard to fathom like the magic that was in this season. Um, but yeah, I'm, 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 uh, excited to see what's to come for this team. Uh, moving forward, my, uh, beloved Mets, my New York Mets, um, had a few questions about them. The New York Mets, for those who don't follow me on Twitter, the Mets may make up about 90% of my tweets, 90% of my likes. Uh, Mets Twitter is, uh, undefeated. I think they are, uh, Another passionate group, a very negative group, I will say. Um, I try to stay positive. I'm not like, I mean, like I played baseball, so I kind of understand like the ins and outs. Like, you know, sometimes the teams are just not going to show up today. Like sometimes the energy and the vibe like in a stadium is just not going to be there. Sometimes like lineups just can't hit. Um, The Mets have like the 29th worst offense in the MLB right now, which is not good. Very bad. However, they did have a bunch of injuries, I will say. But shout out to the pitching. It's probably been top three in the league right now uh, behind, obviously, the greatest pitcher of our generation, Jacob deGrom. And it's not even close. I feel it's insane how people actually would argue this. Um, What Jacob deGrom is doing as a pitcher Knowing that he hit, he was hitting about 94 to 95 at age 26, I believe. 26, I want to say, is when it was rookie year. Coming out of Stetson, being a, uh, going from a shortstop to a pitcher. What he's doing right now is simply incredible. If you don't pay attention to baseball at all, I would definitely give a look at Jacob deGrom. He's extremely good looking. He throws extremely hard. And he has a 93 mile per hour slider that wipes the floor. What Jake is doing is unfathomable it's it's 
like I another another one of those moments where you should take a step back and just realize the greatness that is being go is going on. Like he is much must watch TV. He is must watch baseball. Like he is simply he had one of he had his worst outing the other day against the Philadelphia Phillies and he gave up two runs. His ERA spiked from a point five zero point five to a zero point six nine. 0.5 through 10 starts is so ridiculously hard. It's insane. The stats that he is putting up, that he is comparing, not only that, his hitting has been really good, which is hilarious when he, you know, has the RBIs for his team because his team can't score. Um, is incredible. He really is one of the best and it, it's it makes no sense that the fact that he's on the Mets of all teams, like, I mean, it really doesn't like you. You feel like that type of guy would be on like the Yankees or the Red Sox or, you know, one of these hot like the Dodgers. Like he's on the New York Mets, and then Mets are making a turn. And I cannot believe that he's at the forefront. Um, I'm curious to see what his contract negotiation is going to be like. Um. I believe he makes about 20, 20 something million. Um, obviously, I think Garrett Cole makes more. Trevor Bauer definitely makes more. So, I'm curious to see what Steve's going to do. Steve Co- Stephen Cohen, who is the new billionaire owner for the Mets. Um, I'm curious to see what they're going to do, if they're going to renegotiate or if he's going to opt out and look for other options. In my opinion, I think, I think Jake's going to stay. I think he understands that. I think he has wife. He has a wife. He has kids that uh, are in New York, I believe. Um, he, you know, he understands that. You know, Stephen Cohen is a smart owner. He understands what he's doing. He's a a, a very wealthy and smart businessman for good reason. He ha- he's had some flaws in the back in the past, but you know, I think I think Stephen Cohen has a team headed towards the right direction. Um, definitely better than the direction the horrid Wilpons had before. So for those who don't know, the uh, uh, Jeff and uh, I don't remember the other guy's name, but the Wilpons, the they were uh, a pretty brutal ownership organiza- ownership uh, team. But anyways, Steve's got the uh, squad headed towards the right direction with Jacob, De- Jacob DeGrand leading the uh, train right now. Him and Francisco Lindor. I'm very glad that they have Francisco Lindor. There's a lot of panic right now within the Mets organization. Not the organization, but the fans. The fans are very negative. I think it's just because there's just been so much trauma and so much torture in the past years that everyone just is so accustomed to the negative lashing out. Um, In my opinion, I think the Mets are going to be in first in the NL East. I think the NL East is horrible right now. I don't understand why. The Phillies have a very solid lineup with a great starting pitching staff. However, their relief pitching is absolutely horrid. I don't understand it. Um, Their payroll is through the roof, yet they continuously throw out a horrid bullpen. The Nationals are kind of meh. Like I don't know, I they they lost a few of their guys from the World Series team, so I don't really know what to think of them. The Atlanta Braves are not winning baseball games. I don't understand that. I think their lineup is stacked. I think they have a few guys injured, but um, you know Ronald Acuna is unbelievable. Um, and their starting pitching hasn't been great so far. 
Um, they haven't been up to par as normal. So um, we'll see what the Atlanta Braves uh, go after the All-Star break. Somehow the Mets are just doing things where they just win games, regardless of the situation, with regardless of the you know crazy, shitty lineups that they're throwing out there occasionally. Um, that's that streak of all the injuries, not only with the injuries to the starters, but to the you know triple A guys that got called up. Um, it's impressive to see what they're doing, and I'm happy to be you know a met a met. Listen, they're are they not scoring runs? Yes. Will that offense come eventually? It should. Um, that's how baseball works. There has to be some sort of patience when it comes to that, and essentially. Baseball, one of the lessons I, I was taught growing up is that baseball is technically 80% pitching and fielding. So offense could come, but if you're fielding good and you're throwing strikes and you're striking guys out and you're limiting the runs for the other team, it makes your offense, it makes the job for the offense so much easier. So I'm curious to see what the Mets are going to do. Um, you know, they're a good team. I think I think they're a good team. I, I like Edwin Diaz. I like Trevor May. A lot of people shit on Trevor May. I like Trevor May. I think he's a good dude. I think he's he has good stuff. Um, they got Seth Lugo coming back. A lot of guys coming back. Conforto came back this weekend. Nimmo's coming back. Uh, J.D. Davis is hurt right now, but he's coming back. Hopefully Noah Syndergaard um, has his elbow fully re- fully ready. I know he's been throwing bullpens. I see him out. I've seen him throw bullpens and things like that. Hopefully Carlos Carrasco. Uh, this is a typical Mets fashion where uh, pitchers, you know, you anticipate him to come in May, but he doesn't come. And he comes in June. And he doesn't come in June. He comes in July and doesn't come in July. He comes in August. It's just it's it's how it's been. So hopefully the pitching can come around. But the acquisition of Taiwan Walker has been. Simply incredible. I mean, I th- I think I give the guy the credit all in the world. Like, he's been throwing strikes. He's been making the right plays. He's been throwing the right pitches. And his stuff is on. I think partially is because he's had about two years of rest from COVID. And then I believe he had Tommy John the year before. So he was well rested. He's ready to go. And I'm glad we have him locked for another year. Uh, Marcus Stroman on top of him. He's absolutely electric. He's one of those guys that you just want on your team. Same with Francisco, you know, they they like to elevate the uh, like the other players on your team, you know. They are rooting for, you know, his teammates just as much as us, you know, and and, and you could not be more appreciative of that. I don't really know why Stroman gets a lot of hate across from, you know, Twitter and things like that. He gets a lot of bad things thrown at him sometimes, but I think he's a genuinely good dude. He's just one of those guys. He's definitely very annoying if he's not on your team. I'll give you that, but... For the Mets fans, I think I think he's one of those guys that you just got to be really happy that he's on the team. He brings swag. He brings energy. Um, and I don't think there's any more you could ask. I mean, I really think he's a dog. I think he's a special player, and he's also from Long Island. So I'm obviously going to give him a lot of love, unlike, uh, I mean, Steven Matz isn't with the Mets anymore. But, you know, I'm glad that we have Stroman, and um, I'm excited to see if he gets re-signed too. He's getting paid a lot right now, as he should. He's a good pitcher. Um, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Hopefully, one of the big questions is: Are they going to pay all these guys? You know, a lot of these guys are coming um, into free agency. They're getting uh, things are coming. Questions are going to need to be answered. But for now, the Mets are in first place with a four-game lead. That's all I can ask for. Um, with with all the injuries, considering everything, I don't see what more you could ask for when it comes to that. So, and yes, Jacob Degrom is the greatest pitcher of all time. And if he keeps up this you know, 
insane run of pitching years, he could be up there with the greatest pitcher of all time. That's not a joke. I think what's impressive about Jake is that he said, you know, he, he wants to pitch until he's 40. He's 32 right now. I think maybe the ter- maybe 33. I'm not 100% sure. But when you want a guy that says he wants to keep going until he's 40 and he's getting better year by year, which makes no sense, you know, you got to tip your cap. You got to you got to appreciate that. You got to think, you know, if the Mets have him, they have him and he's pitching, he's in his prime. He's pitching the best he can be right now. He he literally could not be pitching any better. He's .69 ERA through ten starts. It's it's in, insane. Um. Anyways, so enough Mets talk. I appreciate you uh, guys enjoying my little sports rant about the Islanders and the Mets. Figured I would uh, touch on those a little bit. I love the Mets so much, um, even though they lost tonight. But I think one of the things is that the stress level of when I watch the Mets isn't as high right now. It's like, you know, they're they're grinding away wins. They're doing what they got to do. They're, they're fortunate that the rest of the division is being really bad. They're, they're fortunate that, you know, the Braves can't get it together right now. Phillies can't get it together right now. The Nationals are just not really that great of a team. Um, and the Marlins are the Marlins. So... <laughs> Um, but yeah, I'm excited for the Mets. Hopefully they can get some playoff games at City Field. I'm 1000% going to go to them somehow one way or another. But, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to the Mets and seeing what, seeing what turns out for the season. Anyways. All right. We'll get to a little, uh, different topic, a little 180 right now. Um, one of the items that I got, um, of topics of things to talk about was, um, you know, part of growing up, part of, when you decide like losing and gaining friends or you know overall sudden changes within maybe a relationship a job and a life and like your overall life like the it was basically the topic was to talk about like losing and gaining friends or overall overcoming sudden changes in your relationship job or life so basically one thing i think that i've learned over the past couple years is that friends are going to come and go. It's just a reality. I, I mean, my main friend group from high school is not exactly 100% the same. Um, however, it should never be the fact that, like, in my opinion, it's like, enjoy now. Enjoy the present. Don't be too worried about much about the past and don't be worried too much about the future. They say, like, one saying, it's like, if you worry too much about the past, you're going to get depression. And if you worry too much about the future, you're going to get anxiety. So try and stay in that middle ground. Enjoy the present. Enjoy who you're with right now. I will say, though, whoever your friends are right now, those type of people will form, like, there's a reason they're your friend in the current setting. There's a reason you, like, look around at your friends and, like, ask yourself are these the type of people that I want to surround myself with are these the type of people that I enjoy being with not because I have to because I want to you know so things like that I mean losing friends over time you're gonna lose friends all 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 the time it's just it's just the way it is you know life goes on things move people move people change you know there's there's always there's a multitude of things that come with that 
especially being in your 20s, you know, but it's it's also at the same time, it shouldn't be like, you know, you know, it's like screw that person, like cut them off for the rest of your life just because if they did one little thing wrong, you know, in the back of my head, I'm always going to, you know, I'm always going to give people the benefit of the doubt, but that doesn't mean I need to hang out with you 24-7 or talk to you non-stop, um, especially towards the people that only ask you for favors or ask you for, you know, for you. They ask for, you know, when they ask for, you know, favors out of you, you know, if they're using you. Um, I think, I think that's part of life. I mean, it really, it really is. I'm, it's a hard, it's a hard question. It's a harsh reality, but you know, that's, that's just part of it. I mean, essentially whoever you decide your friends are going to be, that's eventually the person, the type of person that you're setting yourself up to become. That's just the reality. I've had friends that, you know, are at totally different paths that I, that I wanted to be. And then I, along the road, I found friends that are in the similar path as me, and now some of them are my best friends. You know, that's just part of life. But that doesn't mean you cut people off entirely. Um, it's just it's just the way it goes. You know, your main circle should always. It's not going to be like your main circle is going to stay the same forever. It might. It's rare, but it might. But you know, friends are going to come and go, and I'm never going to. I'm not big into cutting people off for the rest of my life and just saying, you know, like, oh, if someone's a different, going down a wrong path that I don't like, like, if anything, I would help them, you know, things like that. But um, whoever, essentially whoever you decide your friends are, that's the person you're going to be. So when you talk about relationships, jobs, life, you know, jobs are going to switch. You know, there's going to be a lot of opportunity. I don't I don't know if I plan on doing the same thing for the rest of my life. I hope that's not the reality. You know, doing the same thing every single day is hard. It's not a, it's a harsh reality. Um, I keep saying that. There's a lot of harsh realities going on when you're in your 20s. But being in your 20s is, there's going to be a lot of lessons. There's going to be a lot of uh, decisions, a lot of uh, hard decisions that you're going to have to make. Um, regarding whether it's relationships, jobs, life, you know, those type of decisions, those type of things that happen that transpire in your life, it's hard. It's, it could impact the rest of your life. You know, if you want to marry someone, if you want to have a kid, if you, um, there are, it's sudden things are sudden. So, um, I think, I think overall though, like you have to live in the moment. You have to live in the moment for, for what's been going on you know you can't think too much about the future you can't think too much about the past enjoy now and if you need to reassess yourself and say is this where i want to be right now is this really who i am becoming essentially you want to become the best version of yourself overall take this podcast for example like i am so glad that i'm doing this like even if i had five listeners zero listeners one listeners I genuinely enjoy enjoy talking about being in your 20s and enjoying this experience that I am. Like, I'm never going to be in my 20s ever again in six years. And does that frighten me? A little. But, you know, I appreciate the fact that I'm savoring this moment. And, you know, I could look back on these episodes and say, wow, like I was talking about a bracket of beers and stuff like that, a bracket of drinks. Like I was talking about the most absurd things and, you know, I'm going to look back on it and, and you know, listen to those messages and be really happy about it. You know, I'm going to be like, I'm going to be smiling and, you know, really happy about what's been transpired. And uh, 
the fact that I was able to have these conversations with, you know, friends, people that I knew, people that I felt that are applicable to certain topics and whatnot. So just things like that, man. It's just there's you don't you want to become the best version of yourself. And part of this podcast was for me feeling like I'm becoming the best version of myself, whether it's with your family, whether it's your relationships, whether it's your job. Yeah, I don't want to be the best version of myself. I mean, are there days where like I I want to sit here and do absolutely nothing and just lay in bed all day? Absolutely, but that is that do I want to do that every day? Hell no. Um, I want to get up. I want to do things. I want to be happy. I want to you know meet more people and do different things. You know, I keep saying it and continuously try to be spontaneous and happy and you know look to meet new people. So. There's a lot of hard-hitting lessons in life in, in your 20s. Um, people are going to come and go. Um, but if they go, that doesn't mean that, you know, you should try and stay attached. If, the, if they wanted to, they would. You know, that's that's part of it. And um, so, yeah, um, pretty serious ending to the uh, conversation. Kind of went like a 180. We talked about Venmo. We talked about sports. And then we talked about life. Um, good episode. Hopefully next Friday I'll be talking about little things about Fourth of July, some things, uh, some do's and don'ts, some uh, proper etiquette, some you know maybe my top five things to do for the Fourth of July. Uh, so yeah, hopefully uh, you enjoy the episode, and uh, cheers to being in your twenties in the twenty twenties. Peace.